Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. These two chapters, I want to talk to you about the return of Christ. I want to talk to you about the end times and the response of the church. And the title that I'm giving the message today is simply this. Ready or not, here I come. How many members play in that uh, hide-and-seek game as a kid? And you know the goal of the game is to find those who are hidden. But if you're the one that's counting... You count to a certain number while everybody runs off and hides. And then once you get to that number, whether it's 20 or 30 or whatever that number is, then you give an announcement, ready or not, here I come. And I believe there's an announcement that God wants the church to be aware of. He's coming back. Jesus is coming Back, I think, and we're going to take the next couple of weeks to talk about the end times because as a church, we have to think about this. You have to think about the end game. Can I have a good amen? You know, sometimes the world, it's, it's just spinning into chaos and there's so much confusion. It's hard to make sense of what's happening in the earth. And if you don't understand the finish line, then you might take a few steps in the race that you don't feel are purposeful. But God wants his church to be dialed into what's going to happen in the end of times. In fact, in Matthew 24, verse 3, the Bible says this later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives and his disciples came to him privately and they said, Lord, tell us when is all this going to happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? You see, even the disciples, they wanted to know what's it going to look like? Lord, we hear you talking about the kingdom. We know you're about to leave, but you've talked about coming again. Can I tell you, church, Jesus is coming back. Uh, We can't forget that. We can't lose sight of the bigger picture. The disciples said, Lord, describe to us what it's going to look like. What's going to be the sign that will signal your return? And, and I don't want to read the whole chapter. This is great for you it, on your own. If you get a chance, just read all of Matthew 24. I'm going to summarize it quickly because I want to spend the majority of our time today in Matthew 25. But Jesus is basically saying this. As it starts, you'll see false prophets that will arise. And they will deceive many. They're going to send out a message that will create mass deception. Wars are going to take place. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise up against nation. There will be famines that will stretch across the earth. The, the, The earth will tremble with earthquakes. But that's only the beginning. Jesus is giving them indicators of what, is, what it's going to look like. He says persecution is going to rise. There's going to be a great falling away. He talked about the church and he said, you will be hated because of your allegiance to me. Come on now, are you with me? You will be hated because of your affiliation with me. There will be a great falling away. Sin will be rampant. The love of many will grow cold. How many of you know what Jesus described then? How many of you can see that happening today? 
Everything that he described in Matthew 24, you look up and you gauge the temperature of what's happening in the earth today and you can see signs of the end times. And then he says, the gospel will be preached everywhere. Now, let me be quick to say this. If you're taking notes, and I think this is important, I want to give you three or four thoughts this morning that will help move us into this discussion. But the first is this. Jesus tells us this not to scare us, but to prepare us. All right, this is not to create fear. Can I have a good amen? You know, it's, it's not to scare you, it's to prepare you. As I was studying for this, I thought about, you know, when I grew up in church, how many of you, you've been in church for a long time? Do you remember those movies that they produced at the, I think it was in the late 70s? Johnny, you'll appreciate this because you're older than I am. <laughs> Do you remember watching those left behind movies? That they, the, did, did the church that you were a part of ever show those movies of the end times? I remember, as I grew up in a small country church, and on a Sunday night, they showed these left-behind movies. And man, you talk about fear. Remember the white van that was, you know, running the streets trying to catch all the Christians? Remember that? And man, I was, I was just petrified. I'd, I didn't want to be left behind. I remember watching, and I was next to my dad, and my dad was wearing a tie, and I had gripped his tie so tightly. He's like, son, you're choking me. I'm like, dad, I don't want to be left you know, and then you got saved again and again and again, and then you, you rededicated your rededication. Come on, talk to me. Man, you were just so afraid, you know. You didn't want to be left behind because, man, it's going to be crazy and chaotic. And, and man, you know, if, 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 if people are disappearing, man, you could be next. And, and what's going to happen? And, you know, all this fear as a child. And then I remember as I got older, I'd, I'd pray, Lord, don't, don't come back just yet. Lord, Lord, don't come back just yet. I got to get married first. How many prayed that prayer? Lord, I know you're coming back, and the Bible says you're coming back, and a preacher told me you were coming back, but I don't want you to come back until I get married. I got to get married first. And then you get married, you're like, sweet Jesus, come take me. Lord, come get me now. Get me out of here. Oh, you know, this is not based on fear. God doesn't want his church to be afraid, but he does want us to be prepared. I want to tell you something. I, I feel, as your pastor, I feel so stirred in my spirit for this word, for our church. You know, one of the greatest dangers that you could embrace in this day is neglecting God's word. I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest concerns I have for healing place is that we're caught up in what everybody else is saying and we're not dialed in to what God has told us in his word. And, and you know, and, and thank God for social media. I'm grateful for the media platforms that we use as a church to get the message out. But do you know if you spend all your time on social media but you don't spend any time in this book, you're going to be aware of a lot of things and wise about nothing. Come on, could I have a better amen? You know, there are thousands of voices that are trying to convince you of what you need to believe. I mean, there are so many different outlets that are trying to shape the way that we think. And if you're not convinced in the authority of Scripture, then you're going to be a servant to whatever sounds good. 
And how many of you know, there's a lot of things out there that sound good, but they're not God. Can I have a better amen? And I implore you as your pastor, dig into this book. Jesus is taking his disciples aside and he's talking to them because he wants them to be dialed in. God doesn't want you to be confused when it comes to the chaos of the end times. He wants you. Now, now the scripture says, no man knows the day or the hour. And so if you're preparing for me to give a date of the return of Christ, I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I don't know the date. Can I tell you this? The angels don't know the date. Jesus himself doesn't know the date. Only the Father knows. We don't know the day or the hour, but God instructs us to know the times and the seasons that we're living in. We got to understand the temperature of the times. And it's not to scare us, it's to prepare us. I really felt challenged just over the last couple of weeks because taking a, a couple of weeks off, it was good for me to unplug. And, you know, so I wasn't even on social media as much. And it just felt so therapeutic. You know, you're able to hear the voice of God with crystal clarity. Can I tell you this? Our battle is not social, it's spiritual. And it's amazing how sometimes on social media, the smallest minds have the loudest voices. Come on. Let's get in this book. Don't neglect the scriptures. Jesus says, I want you to understand what's going to happen at the end of the age. And his response, now here's what he tells us. And here's what I want to do for the rest of our time today. And I want to take next Sunday to build upon this. In Matthew chapter 25, he gives us two parables that tells us how the church is supposed to respond. When you see that there, there are famines, there's earthquake, there's wars, there's rumors of wars, there, there's false prophets, there's mass deception, sin is rampant, the love of many are growing cold. When you see these things happening, here's what I want you to do. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells this first parable, and it's the parable of the five wise and the five foolish bridesmaids. This is what he says. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like Ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five, the five who were wise, they were wise enough to bring along extra oil. Verse 5, when the groom was delayed. Come on, somebody say delayed. Have you ever felt like, Lord, you should have been back by now? Jesus, you said you're going to return. How much worse does it have to get? Sometimes it feels like the coming of the Lord is delayed. The Bible says when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they fell asleep. Now, what's interesting, and I don't have time to break all this down, but a Jewish wedding in the ancient days is very different than how we would celebrate a wedding in our uh, Western culture. In fact, uh, Eastern weddings were arranged. Marriages were arranged. Uh, In fact, the older I get, and I got two girls... I believe in arranged marriages. Come on, somebody. How many parents just think that arranged marriage is a good idea? I try to convince my daughters, look, hey, you don't have any experience in being married. I've been married 24 years. Let me tell you how it works. Just trust dad to pick out your spouse. Come on, all the dads said. 
Yeah, the girls aren't convinced of that. But but the, the, the marriage was arranged by the parents, and then it went from arrangement to engagement. There was a, a period of almost a year where a couple would be engaged. And then on the wedding day, now this is in the ancient world, on the wedding day, the bride or the groom would go to the bride's house. The groom would go with all of his friends to the bride's house, and he would claim his wife. She is mine. And they would have a ceremony at the bride's house. And then from there, that evening, there would be a parade in the streets. Just a big nighttime parade and following probably about a seven-day feast or banquet. So there's very, it was a very different culture and custom in, in weddings back then. And so I, I read that, and sometimes it's hard for me to connect because I remember when I got married, it was 24 years ago, I got married in this church. In fact, it was in that front building. It was July 27th, 1996. I mean, Rachel was there. Man, had that hairspray, big hair for Jesus everywhere. I mean, she come down that aisle, man, and look, it was like, I heard the heavenly choir singing, the hallelujah chorus, and there's my bride coming to me. I was so in love. I sang a country love song at my wedding. How many know that's love right there? I played and sang a country love song to her. We kissed. We went to the reception. I have no clue. I don't remember a thing about it. Rode in a car down to New Orleans, man. We starting our life together. Honeymoon. Can I have a good amen? Different day back then. Bible says in verse 6, at midnight, all these bridesmaids, they were aroused by a shout. Look, the groom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Verse 8. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Now, here's here's one of the big thoughts I want to give you today. When it comes to the return of Christ and our preparation, we've got to live with expectation of his return. We've got to live with expectation. You see, all 10 had the appearance of being ready, but only five had oil. Only five of them had oil in their lamps. And if you read throughout scriptures, you'll see that oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. You'll see whenever the prophet Samuel anointed David, he anointed him with oil. And that was a picture of the Spirit of God coming upon David. Anytime you see oil in Scripture, it's a type and a shadow of the Holy Spirit. You see, without oil, the wedding party was not ready for the groom. And without the Holy Spirit, you and I are not ready for the return of Jesus. We have to be full of the Spirit of God, the indwelling presence of His Spirit. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, verse 18, he says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled and controlled with the Holy Spirit. Don't come under the influence or the intoxication of this world, but that spirit inside of you, come under the influence. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, that word in the Greek, be filled, it is a, it's, a, it's an active present verb that means continually, constantly, moment by moment, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that as believers in Jesus, we can stay full of the Holy Spirit? 
We can have an up-to-date, moment-by-moment relationship with God through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, here, let me be clear. When you get saved, you get the fullness of God inside of you. I'm not saying you get like half of God or two-thirds of God. You have God the Father, God the Son, but you don't have God the Holy Spirit. No, no. When you get saved, you have the fullness of God inside of you. This is saying, it's not saying you need more of God. What it is saying is God needs to have more of you. Being filled with the Spirit is not you getting more of God, but it's God having more of your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your attitude, your relationship. This is about us surrendering more so that he fills up more space inside of us. Can I have a good amen? Are you with me today? That's why we live with expectation. I thought about how do I keep my spirit full of expectation? You know what I do? I like to memorize the word of God. I like to get in the scriptures and just commit it to memory. I like to drive down the road and rehearse scriptures in my mind. I like to say them out loud. It keeps my spirit full. Uh, There are times when I just, sometimes I'll just pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll just pray in the Spirit, man. I I don't know what to pray for, but I feel compelled by the Spirit of God inside of me. I'll just start praying in the Spirit. Sometimes I'll sit at my house and I'll jump on the piano and I'll just, I'll I'll play a a worship song. And I'm kind of old school because I learned some of the old school stuff from my dad. I'll sit down and I'll play. The other day I was playing a song about peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Because I just felt chaos all around me. I felt confusion. So I felt the Lord draw me to just worship and proclaim the peace of Jesus over my heart and over my mind. You know, there are things that we can do that can keep our hearts and our spirits full of expectation. Are you with me today? You know, when I go to bed at night, every single night when I lay my head on my pillow, you know what I pray? I pray, Lord, If you wake me up tomorrow, I promise you won't regret it. You know what that is? That's expectation. God, I don't deserve tomorrow, but Lord, if you give it to me, I'm going to give it my very best, and I want to make you proud. See, I go to bed at night with an expectation that I want to live for God and do something great for him the next day. When I come to church, oh, listen to me. When I come to the house of God, I come with a sense of expectation. I'm not just checking a box saying, well, it's Sunday. Well, let me tune in online. It's 9 o'clock. Let me see how worship is today. No, no, no. I'm coming to meet with God. I come with a sense of expectation. Listen, when Rachel and I were college pastors, it was awesome. I loved college ministry. Man, when you get around a bunch of single people, single people, they smell good. I mean, for real. We did this service called Late Night years ago, and we met on a, a Wednesday night at 8.30. Come on, how many of you, that's almost like past your bedtime. Yeah, I'm tired at 8.30 right now. You know, 8.30, we're just getting started, man. College kids coming. Man, they're coming to have church. I walk in the building. Oh, it's smelling good. Why? Because single people show up to church with an expectation of meeting somebody. Those college kids, they were scoping and hoping. Come on, talk to me. Oh, yeah. Now, now, now listen. Why would I come to church just checking a box? Man, I came to meet with someone. 
I came because I believed that the Spirit of God was going to speak a word to me, that, that, that even during worship, something would churn in my soul, that God could heal a marriage, bring hope to hopelessness, to bring strength into weakness. Every encounter that I have with God, it changes me. And I need a lot of change. Can I have a good amen? And the more I meet with God, the more I experience in him. And man, I need all the help I can get. I come with expectation. You know, I I know this season is really unique and it's interesting. But as a church, we're not just trying to hunker down and hold on until Jesus comes. I'll tell you what, as your pastor, I want you to know this is a house full of vision. And we're moving forward in Jesus' name. That's why we're going to Ascension and we're going to launch a campus, Lord willing, because we're taking ground. We're not just trying to hold on to what we have. Oh, Lord, if you just hurry up, I'm about to lose my grip. Are you kidding me? Man, I got oil in this lamp. Man, the Lord has already prophesied that he's coming back. My heart is ready. My spirit is alert. And I'm moving forward at every moment in history. That's the spirit that God wants in this house. That's the church that you and I get to be a part of. I'm not scared. I'm not depressed. I'm not worried. I'm not discouraged. Let me tell you, I couldn't wait to get to the house of God because there was oil in this lamp. Man, my heart is full. Jesus is coming back, and he wants his church to be ready. HPC, we will be filled with the oil of expectation. Jesus told his disciples, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Don't get discouraged by what you see around you. Listen, in times of problem or in times of crisis, you won't rise to the occasion you're going to fall to the level of your preparation. Can I say that again? A lot of times we think we're going to rise to the, well, I just, when, it, when he comes, I'll rise to the, I'm going to meet that, that, that challenge. Right. No, no, no. You're going to fall to the level of your preparation. And we got to, as a church, be prepared. There were five bridesmaids. They knew the groom was coming. All 10 of them fell asleep, but only five of them thought about What's going to happen when the alarm goes off? Come on now. All 10 of them were asleep because the groom was delayed. But when the announcement came, only five of them had oil in their lamps. Look at verse 9. The Bible says this, but the others replied, wait a second. We don't have enough for all of us. How about you go to a shop and buy some for yourselves? Somebody say, for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the groom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Not only do we need to live with expectation, but number three, we need to stay on mission. We've got to stay on mission. The five who were prepared said, listen, we don't have enough to give to you. How about you go buy some for yourself? Can I tell you this? You cannot borrow somebody else's faith to make it into heaven. Now, hand-me-downs are good for clothes, but they don't work when it comes to your faith. Come on, talk to me. Well, my, my, my uncle was a deacon. Well, my grandfather was a pastor. Well, you know, I work with somebody who attends your church. 
Listen, you cannot borrow the faith of your pastor or your next door neighbor. You cannot live vicariously through somebody else. You got to have oil in your own soul. As a church, we got to stay on mission. These five who were ready, they said, listen, you got to go find, you got to get your own relationship with God. We are prepared. We are ready. I want to tell you, church, I feel like it's so important for us, especially in this hour, we've got to stay focused on our mission. Be careful. Uh, there's so many things that, that the devil will use to distract us. We got to absorb the hits. It's like, almost like a, a football player. You know, when you're getting blocked, you know, you know you're going to get hit, but you got to stay on mission. You, there's an assignment. You're going to be hit. The enemy's going to come against you. Some of you have been hammered. You've been hit by the enemy. Maybe it was in your finances. Maybe it was in a relationship. Maybe things at work. Maybe it's something with one of your kids. Maybe even sickness in your own body. You got to absorb the hit, but you got to stay focused on what's in front of you. Not only do we absorb the hits, but we got to avoid distractions. The enemy's trying to get us to, uh, man, go left, go right. Hey, what about this over here? Well, did you see this video that's been posted? Did you see this comment? Hey, check out this Facebook. Check out this deal. And, man, we're looking at everything. And God said, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Man, stay focused on what I've called you to do. I think about Nehemiah. The Bible says that he went to Jerusalem and he saw the walls in ruins and God anointed Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. But Nehemiah had some enemies come after him and say, hey, look, Nehemiah, look, come, come on, come meet with us. We want to talk to you. Come on down here. Let's talk and let's meet. And you know what Nehemiah told him? Nehemiah 6.3, he says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down to meet with you. I'm not going to get off the wall and go meet with you. I'm not going to chase this distraction and that comment and this person. I can't fix all of that. I know what my assignment is. It's to stay on the wall. Church, we got to stay on the wall. What, what, what is our mission as a church? To be a healing place for a hurting world. Don't forget who God called you to be. I know that there are a lot of things that will pull for our attention, but don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Stay focused on what's in front of you. Remember your calling. Remember your calling. I thought about one of the great theological movies of our time, Lion King. How many remember seeing Lion King? Oh, that thing will preach. Oh, my goodness. I, I came this close to showing you a little clip of Lion King. Remember the part of the story where, where Simba, he was running from his past. Man, he felt so guilty over what happened to his dad. Remember that? And so he said, hey, Akuna Matata, just forget the past. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem free. See, you guys know it just as well as I do. Yeah, what's he doing? He's running from his past. And then little Rafiki says, well, wait, 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 wait. I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who you are. You're Mufasa's boy. Whoa, 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 wait, what, what, what? You're Mufasa's boy. Remember who you are. You see, he was running from his past, trying to forget his past, but he forgot who he was. Church, I want you to hear me. Do not forget who you are or who God has called you to be.
what he's called us to do in the earth. We will stay on mission. We won't get distracted. Are you receiving this today? Let, 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 me, let me finish this up. Let me finish. Verse 11. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside and they called, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But the Lord called back and he said this, believe me, I do not know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Now what's interesting to me is in this, in this portion, the five foolish who had no oil, they ran to get some, and they came back, and they found that the door was shut and locked. And so they're knocking on that door, and they're saying, Lord. They're calling him, Lord. And what was the response of the groom? I never knew you. What a tragedy to think in the end days that the Lord would say, I don't know who you are. You call me by a name that's familiar, but you're not familiar to me. You know, my greatest fear as a pastor would be that there would be many who would maybe affiliate with a church, consider themselves a, a, a Christian. Maybe they're one of the ten, one of these ten bridesmaids. They had a lamp. They had the look. They had the religion, but they didn't have the relationship. And I think the challenge here is for us to be real in our relationships. We've got to be authentic. We don't just come to church and call the name of God and not have a relationship with him through the Spirit. You see, it's the difference between Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. A, a Savior has to do with where we go when it's all said and done. Lord, you've saved us from hell. But a Lord, that's how you live your life every day. And people want to call him Savior without acknowledging him as Lord. You don't get to call him Savior unless you first surrender to him as Lord. And Jesus tells this parable to his disciples. And he's saying, I want you to look and see the signs of the time. And the coming of the end of the age, it is drawing near. And the purpose of this story is for you and I to be ready. To live with expectation. There's got to be some oil in this lamp. Uh, Lord, I, I want a relationship with you. I want to be ready in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. i got to have you. Nothing else matters. My challenge to you today is this. Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with the Lord? Is your heart filled with oil? Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready? Have you made your peace with God? You know, it's interesting. And I'm going to close. I want to pray over us. But I thought, you know, it, it feels like that we're living in the last days. I'm not a prophet. I'm not trying to pro prophesy anything. But if I read Matthew 24 and I look at what's happening in the earth today, it feels like that this may be the last of the last days.
How many just sense that in your own soul? I, I don't know. Maybe it's another 50 years. Maybe it's 100 years. Maybe it's 1,000 years. Maybe it's tomorrow. I don't know. But if, if these are the last days, I thought about, okay, well, a coach, if it's the fourth quarter, or maybe if it's overtime, he's going to put his best athletes on the field to win the game when it matters the most. And if these are the last of the last days, what a privilege that God would call us and put us on planet Earth for such a time as this. If this is the end game and you and I are on the playing field, what do you think that says about the confidence that God has in you to make sure that the bride is ready for his return? Amen. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.